0: what's going on everybody thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of data my name is brian and i look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today but first if you haven't subscribed to the show yet please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode now sit back and enjoy welcome to another episode of data everyone if you haven't subscribed yet please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the guests like the one I have joining me today. My guest captivates his audience using his heart-gripping life experiences, humor, storytelling, and background as a professional counselor to be relatable, authentic, and real. He has over 13 years experience on the national wheelchair rugby team. He is a Paralympic bronze medalist and a captain for over eight years. He has proven leadership as a team, has been podium contenders each year. He's a husband and father to three kids. It's a pleasure to welcome my good friend, Joe Delagrave to Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother.
1: Brian, thank you so much for having me on the Data podcast and just excited to have a conversation with you today.
0: Awesome. Uh, you know you and I've gotten to know each other over the last few months, and obviously I did a real quick bio on you. but uh, you know for my listeners who may not know who you are, just give me the background history of Joe and and uh, kind of your experiences and what you've gone through because I know there's some some life changing experiences that you have went through, and then where where you're at today with with everything that you've been through so
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll actually start with the latter there real quick, and and today I'm, um, you know, the titles that I think I talk about a lot are, are number one. I'm a husband to April, uh, father to Braxton, Brayden, and Brinley, who are nine, seven, and five. Um, a Paralympic wheelchair rugby player, and and also a keynote speaker, and life back. In the day, I guess. It's been almost 17 years now, but almost 17 years ago, life took a a drastic turn and and really changed my life. I was in a a boating accident when I was 19 years old and wasn't doing anything dumb, wasn't jumping into shallow water, anything like that. My body accidentally hit the bottom of the river. I flew backwards, hit my head on the front of the boat, inside the boat, and broke my neck at the C6 and 7 level. So I'm paralyzed from about the chest down since I was 19, And, and, and athletics has been a big part of my life. Um, all of my life. And at 19, I, I kind of lost that identity. I was playing college football at the time. And that was a huge, huge moment in my life of something getting thrown at me that I obviously didn't expect it, you know, plan for those things. Um, and, and I love to talk to, about my story and share my message that, hey, we all get a choice in our circumstances, our cho- a choice in our obstacles, a choice in something happening that we didn't plan for, um, to react and respond to it, um, in a positive way. So that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell.
0: So here you are 19 years old, um, kind of having some fun, uh, just a fluke accident and your life changes instantly. You know, for a 19 year old who really thinks he's on top of the world, uh, you're playing college football. You just think, think you're on top of the world. Who's your mentor? Who, who is a mentor to you to kind of help you get through kind of the lows of what you went through? Just that I mean I can imagine the mental breakdown that you have as a 19 year old who was who, who a mentor to yours to help drive you and get you inspired again?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean number one, it was my faith in God um, that's number one and something that you know I talk a lot about um, on my channels and, and 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 you know wouldn't be a story without him in there. and and for that acute time that that year after the accident, it wasn't just one person, it was multiple people stepping up, and it was just kind of amazing how it all worked out. Where I'd have my college football teammates coming or coaches coming. I had a coach, um, Coach Hiller that coached offensive line and tight ends, and I, I played as a tight end and he still calls me. We talk at least once a month, if not more still to this day. And mm-hmm. and just a tremendous guy that that saw value and in, in in continuing on with that relationship, which you know means the world to me. And but then, you know, also friends from high school and and, and teachers and coaches from high school and family and and my wife now was my girlfriend at the time, her family, she was there every single day of that three month hospital stay. And so that was huge too. So whenever, you know, it was a down moment, there was always someone coming and saying, Joe, you're going to be okay. Um, You know, we believe in you and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but you know, we got your back. And so just a, just a circle of people, around me, building me up when I needed it. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe pulling me back sometimes when I needed it as well. Think about it as Mm. like a human guardrail, your inner circles that those human guardrails that are like, no, Joe, you said you were doing this. Uh, Let's get you back on track or like, you know, a pat on the back when, when you are on track. And so I think that's super, super important um, to have in life. And that's something that I, I had at that time.
0: That's awesome. You know, coaches do play a huge role in our lives. And even when we are out of the sport that we played in, coaches still carry, you know, have a huge role in our life. And so here you are, you've gone through, you know, this life changing experience. Now you're, you're paralyzed. And now you're on kind of this new journey that you've been on for 13 years playing rugby. How did that come all about? I mean, that just, when I think of, when I think of somebody that's playing rugby in a wheelchair, it's, it's fascinating to me. I mean, wh- what, gave you the idea who, who motivated you to get there? I mean, how did that all experience just happen?
1: Yeah, it, it took a while. It was, it was about a year and a half, two years where I was doing a lot of rehab and trying to get better and, you know, praying and hoping that I'd be able to walk again and, and adaptive sports. I started to kind of find out about them through people saying, oh, you can do this or this. And they knew I was active. And and I really just always said no. I was just like, "Ah, oh, you know, I, I'm not ready or, you know. And, and deep down, it was more of a, I think these adaptive sports are kind of pathetic. I think like that, that was me at 19 just being real with you is going, oh, no, there's, you know, they're, they're, I'm not out there for a hug. I was a college football player. I'm, I'm a competitor. There, there, there's no way that's going to quench the competitiveness and that desire and and, and fire inside of me. And, um, and then part of it too, was just like, I didn't want to be seen as a man with a disability. I want to be seen like in my wheelchair and really struggle with that. And it wasn't until, um, one of my best friends to this day, Kyle, he was actually driving the boat that day. Um, he's like, Joe, man, you're, you're, you're getting pretty big. Like he was, he was really kind about it, but he's like, dude, you're, you're getting fat. is is basically what he was saying. And I, you know, (laughs) um as a tight end i was 6'6, 260 pounds in the hospital i ended up losing a bunch of muscle mass and everything like that and got down to 220 and and so he had taken me and he's like dude i don't I don't think you're like 230 240 anymore man you may, maybe maybe let's go get get you weighed so we went down to the local hospital and they, they didn't have any wheelchair sca- uh scales there and so we we got on this bed and it zeroes out and, and you get on the bed and it shows you how much you weigh and it said 284 pounds and i'm like dude you're you're this hospital bed's broken I don't know what's going on, but I, there's no way. And I had him zeroed out, got back on and said 284. And I was like, okay, all right. I get your point, Kyle. And, and it, a perfect example of someone in your life being willing to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, especially today, like we get offended and about oh, like, you know, and it's like having people in your life that are really going to speak truth into you and sometimes tough love. Um, And that's what it was for me. I kind of put a bug in my ear that, yeah, I wanted to do this and I'd. Went back to school after a year away, and saw the football players, and and helped out with the team, and just realized like I want to go compete at some. Like I'm, I'm, you know, 20 years old at the time now, but like, and I'm paralyzed, and this whole thing sucks, but I have a desire to go compete still. So I started looking up sports, and ended up finding um, wheelchair rugby online through like clickbait. It used to be called Murderball, and so I clicked on it, going like, what's this Murderball deal? <laughs> and saw like all these dudes in chairs smashing into each other, trying to hurt each other. And I'm like, this is so awesome. Uh, and such an oxymoron for what I thought being in a chair meant. And so, right. yeah, went to a practice and, and and it was just low level recreational practice that I went to in Minneapolis, Minnesota at a place called courage center. And that practice changed my life because it, it ended up, you know, I got in this chair and my lungs started to fill and I got hot again and, some we're spraying balls around. I was terrible. I was up and down the court breathing heavy in you know, like two seconds. But I realized, wow, I can be an athlete still. I can work at something. It, it, it helped me kind of structure some goals that I needed in my life. And then it also provided me a support group for a 19-year-old kid, 20-year-old kid that didn't want nothing to do with other people in wheelchairs. I got to see guys um, and some girls show up to practice independently, get out of their chair, get their chairs out of their car without having a ramp van and their rugby chairs and the whole thing, they're doing everything by themselves. They're calfing and do it like the, everything that you, that comes along with being a spinal cord injury, they're doing by themselves. And I was blown away, just absolutely blown away. at had all these questions and, and, and that was the start of the journey. And then obviously, you know, it, it ended up being to where I, I made it a career and I've and, uh, been playing at a high level for a long, long time. And it's been amazing, but it, it started with that day at the gym and saying, you know what, let's, let's go check this thing out.
0: Wow. Okay. So you're, I mean, you're humble. <laughs> you're, uh, you, you've been playing at the at the Olympic level. I mean, we're not. You're high level. We're talking serious high level. You're at the Olympic level. You're bronze medalist. Now you're. I mean, you and I were just talking before we started this interview. You're you're at training camp right now, right? So you're at training camp, and they're waiting to find out who who's going to go to Tokyo. Um, it, that, I mean, that in itself is just is just quite an accomplishment, and. Uh, I commend you for, you know, having the spirit and the energy and the drive within you to succeed at this high of a level. So, um, I'm 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 rooting for you, brother. I'm rooting for you.
1: Man, I appreciate it. Yeah, we find out, you know, at the time of this recording about five days um, on Saturday. So today's Monday. So five days. We'll find out from the team. I'm my journey is a little different. There's a couple uh, roller coasters that I didn't see coming. But I've been cut three times: two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, and, and ended up being on the training squad the entire time. But then 2016, I didn't go to Rio. That was a big one where, um, you know, I was a, a a medalist in London. I was a captain in 13, 14, 15, ended up getting cut for 2016 Rio. And, and so this has been a culmination of a long time. Obviously I've had a lot of success along the way, but, um, not making that Rio squad in the middle of my career kind of, uh, when I was at my peak was devastating and and something that you know, I, I, I just be real and like, you know, I share my accolades, I share whatever, but all of us fail, and all of us mm-hmm. have this moment when we hear those little voices in our head or whatever you want to call, it, like tell us we're not enough, we're less than, or we're insecure and inadequate, or oh, uh, you didn't you weren't successful here so um therefore you're a failure like you didn't get that promotion you're a failure oh your 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 entrepreneurial business didn't go the way you wanted it, you're a failure and and we start listening to that and going yeah maybe I am or you can take the other road and go you know what like I can't control this even if I, even if I have some like legit like man maybe I got messed over like legit concerns but you go you can't control that but you do get to control your response and that's where character's built like that's where you see a true person's character is in how they respond and react to situations like that. And um, my response is, is what determines and defines me um, and my success in that. And so um, it's just a great learning lesson to, to hopefully be able to tell my, tell my kids about and for them to see that at their ages right now. And just an exciting time for sure.
0: That's very cool. Awesome. Now, uh, you know, we kind of diving into your, kind of your father role, being an Olympic athlete, how, how do you encourage your kids to really pursue their own dream and not necessarily maybe try to pursue being an Olympic athlete? Is there things that you talk to them about, about their dreams and goals?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, along with my wife, it's really important for us to really like, Help them pursue where they see their passions and where they see their, you know, nine, seven to five and they're not talking about purpose or anything yet. But like, you know, a couple of our kids really love sports. That's great. Um, Our middle child, not a huge sports fan, but he loves to build. He loves to like be creative with his mind. And so helping him find out where that fits into his life or did, do you want to go to a science fair do you want to get like and and not just pushing sports on him or pushing my my things that i love on him and um and so like that's thing that isn't easy i don't think either i, I i'm mm-hmm. finding out that like hey I, I really enjoy sports and so when my kids are in it like it's really easy for me to love it for me i'm i'm busy 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 so sitting down and building uh out like a star rose star wars lego thing with my son isn't. Usually isn't my like most happy place or whatever you want to call it, but, but it is, I do find value in it and going, you know what, son, I I love you. And I want to spend time with you because that like, it doesn't really matter what we're doing. I want to spend time with you, get to know you, um, have a relationship with you. So that's something that's really important for me. Whenever, whatever they do, um, I always, I always talk about two things and I'll help coach my sons and and daughters, T-ball teams and, and, and football and all that stuff. And, and just, and just be present. But I always tell them two things that you can control on the on the court or on the field or in the classroom or if you're building something is is two things that you're always going to need to do because you're always going to be a part of a team no, no matter where you're at in life. Whether that's a family or whether that's a true sports team or a business team or whatever it is. Um, you need to have good communication and you need to have effort. Uh, those two things. You don't need an ounce of talent or skill to do maybe communication, we can, We can, there's some skills there, but like, as long as you're talking and you're, you're given effort like that, I'm a, I'm a proud, proud dad.
0: You're absolutely right. I mean, my boys are kind of the same. It's, we wanted them to do something, but we wanted them to do something that they were passionate about. And it didn't have to be, you know, sports. My two boys kind of drifted towards the sports activities and yeah. it's, um, you know, I, I'll give you an example with, with, when it comes to sports, I mean, my boys both played baseball and they both played basketball. My older son, you know, we'd lived for baseball. My older son, by the time he was 10, he didn't want to play baseball anymore. And yeah. he just like, that. I don't like it. I just, I'm not, a, I'm not really good at it. I don't like it. I said, you're good at it. He just like, I don't want to play anymore. And I said, okay, yeah, that's fine. You can't quit. I'd never let my boys quit during a season. They yeah. said, you got to stick it out to the end of the season. But at the end of the season, if this is not what you want to do anymore, then you don't have to play anymore. But you got to find something. And he said, "All I want to do is play basketball. That's all I want to do." And I said, "Okay." So that's that's what he did. Uh, My my younger son was a little different. He played basketball and baseball all the way up through high school. So, um, but yeah, let them let them find out who they are. And uh, you know, as long as they're as long as they're striving for something, that's always awesome. So. Very cool. Now, um, let me ask you this. When clearly, you know, you're an example of overcoming obstacles, what would you say is a tool that parents can use to give their kids to kind of overcome adversity or obstacles themselves?
1: Oh, man, I love this question. And it's so (laughs) when I was going through, you know, my my most adverse moments in life, I never really thought about like what my mom and dad were thinking. Um, but now that I'm a parent, like I kind of like think about that. And, but w- when they're most adversity, isn't life changing, right? We we might think it is in the, in the moment. And, but a lot of times I see parents and they're, you know, the term helicopter parent and the whole thing. And, and the other one's lawnmower parent, like <laughs> literally just mow over the kid's obstacles and they don't even like see them don't you know, that gone. And I think like, letting them fail a little bit. Our son, our oldest son's in third grade right now. He And, he, and his teacher uh, emailed us and said, Hey, like he hadn't been turning in a couple of assignments. He's super smart at math. But when it comes to having to write and sit there and take a little time to write, he'd rather just scribble it down and go play on the playground. type Total, total boy. And he came home and, he, and, and we're like, Hey, we, we got to talk to you, bud. and Talk to him about it and the, the assignments. And we're like, Hey, here's the deal, man. Like there's consequences to this and you, you need to do X, Y, Z before, you know, you're, you're on any video games or before you're doing this. And, and one of the things that, you know, my wife and I talked about and, and, you know, cause sports are, are a privilege, not a right, but, and I go, and he goes, do I have to stay home and, and get this done before I go to my soccer practice? And I was like, hemming and hawing about it. And I, and I got settled on, uh, I go. I don't. I don't want you to let your teacher down and your team down. So you go to practice, and then when you get back, you're going to work on these assignments and get them done the right way. And so just a, a learning lesson. Like the lesson is always learned in those moments of adversity. And if we don't have them, and they, they just mow them over, then they're not going to learn. You know, like there's a. I, I think there's there's winning and learning a lot. A lot of times when we win, we're just like, oh, we got a, we had a 90 percent in the classroom. All right, we got an A you know, or if we got an 89%, we got a B plus all of a sudden it's like, well, where did we go wrong? It's Mm. the same way, you know, with with sports a lot too. And, and so that tool of allowing your kid to kind of go through that and process through that really helps them build skills on being able to pause, recalibrate, and then pivot on.
0: I love that. Letting your kids fail is okay. Because Listen, when when they become adults and they're out in the real world themselves and life hits them on the chin, they need to learn how to fail, um, because if they don't, they're going to be lost. They're going to be struggling. They'll struggle further yeah. if they don't know what it takes to fail. Um, so learning through the process, learning, learning the process to get through failure is so awesome. And, and you're right. Letting them learn how to fail is, is absolutely powerful. So very cool. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Now, if I were to ask your kids, tell me something
1: about your dad. What do you think your kids would say about you? That I'm the fun parent? No, I'm just kidding. Um, Almost <laughs> <laughs> oh, like here No, I think they would say like you know, our dads. I, they love talking about wheelchair rugby to the kids at school. And most most classrooms pre COVID, I've always gone in and not done like a you know a professional keynote or anything like that, but just go in and and share my medals and have them ask all their silly questions about. People with disabilities, and do you sleep in your wheelchair? And do you drive in your wheelchair? And do you shower in your wheelchair? And do you like the whole thing. And so it's super fun to get those questions and and just show that I'm a normal person. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think they're they're super proud that their dad hopefully gets to go to Tokyo and plays a sport called wheelchair rugby, he plays for USA, and um, and and it just makes makes my eyes light up that that my kids have a dad that's not holding them back. You know, that right. was one of those things that really made me nervous before we had our first born Braxton. And I was going like, I just want to be a a dad that's involved, whatever. And I've learned that, you know, I could, I could pout about my disability. I could pout about what I can, and can't, or what I can't do, or I can just be present and love them. Like we try to make it so much harder than it is being present in the moment. Yep. I'm, I might be coaching them a little differently than when I'm, you know, able-bodied and showing people what I'm doing, or it might be, you know, not able to, go as deep into the grass at certain things, but you know what? Like I can still be present and I can still love them. And I think that's what that's what they feel. So
0: Mm, that's awesome. I love that. And you know, you're trying to make them proud. And as parents, what we want is our kids to be not only proud of us, but we want our kids to be better than us. And so we raise them um, in, in hopes that they would be better than us as as dads. So very cool. You know, you, it's interesting that you brought up kind of going into the classroom and kind of sharing your experiences and kids asking you the silly questions. And, you know, I skipped over this question just for the essence of time, but I kind of want to get back. I want kind of want to go back to it. If you don't mind, I do want to ask you, yeah. Um, when it comes to you know somebody with a disability, and uh, you know maybe it doesn't have to necessarily be somebody that's in a wheelchair, uh, but somebody with a disability, you know kids aren't sure how to respond or react when they see somebody that's struggling with a disability or that is has a disability and maybe is not struggling but just has a disability. What do you wish parents would teach their kids about interacting with people with disabilities?
1: Yeah, so. I just want to like do a little imagery here. And it's, let's say I'm at a grocery store or a person with a disability, a person in a wheelchair is in a grocery store and, and the kid, you know, whispers, Hey mom, why is, you know, why is, and whispers loudly so everyone can hear <laughs> Mom, why is that guy in a wheelchair? And, and the, and the most typical response from a parent, whether it's a mom or dad or, or, you know, whatever parent is, shh, shh, hey, hey, don't, hey, don't, don't, don't be rude. Don't be rude. And kind of gushing mm-hmm. them up. Or really the kid wanting to say something mean or wanting to say something wrong, they're just curious because they want to understand. So they're asking the questions because they want to understand. And I think in that moment when the shushing gets done or in the moment when they quiet the kid, that further isolates that person in a wheelchair. Because there's a lot of people in wheelchairs that aren't like me that are, uh, I'm very extroverted. I love, I'm the social butterfly. I love to be able to share and talk and And, and to make people comfortable, I'll self deprecate wheelchair jokes a lot, the whole thing, like, but what happens there is the, uh, maybe the introvert goes, man, like this parent doesn't even want my kid, their kid to talk to me, um, or uh, they, they see me less than type of thing. And allowing the kid to ask the question and hopefully the, the, the parents raise them in a way that says, Hey why you in a wheelchair? And the person can go, you know what? I broke my neck when I was 19 in free boating accident. Or you can go, you know what? I didn't eat my broccoli. And the, that kid's going to eat the broccoli that rough his life. Like, <laughs> 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 but, um, but no, like it's, it's, it's a chance for us to cut ignorance through by the person being vulnerable, the kids being vulnerable without even knowing, but the parents being vulnerable letting their kid go. And maybe they ask a silly question, but most of the time, the questions end up being pretty neat and everyone's educated on it. Um, And they find out this person might've acquired a disability in life or might've been born with the disability, but they're, they're, they're just like the next guy, they're human, their blood's red. um, And they have feelings just like everyone else. So I think it's just a chance and an opportunity for education when that happens.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Joe, for answering that. Um, I think it is important. And, you bring up a good point, you know, it's, it's okay to, it's okay to inquire. It's okay to ask questions. And, and, um, I, I think it's, I think it's awesome, especially the broccoli response that that response kills me. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, very cool. Now, if my listeners wanted to look you up, learn a little bit more about you, where's the best place for them to, uh, to do that?
1: Yeah. Best place head over to Joe Delagrave.com Um, or I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram as well at JDelagrave 14. Um, so yeah, all, all other social channels as well, but those are the most active ones there, and to be able to 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 get to see see my videos or or hear about my story and, and things like that. So,
0: very cool. Well, listen, Joe, it's been, uh, been awesome having you on brother. Um, I appreciate our friendship, We've gotten to know each other a little bit and I just appreciate, um, uh, the person you are, the dad you are, you certainly represent the data community very well. And, um, I, I wish you all the best, uh, for your, you know, your chances in going to Tokyo. I hope it works out. I'm praying that it will. And, yes. um, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to continuing our friendship, but thank you very much for being on the show, brother.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it. Brother. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brian.
0: Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the data community very well. Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at data podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Dad Up.